chat time. This week on Megan's Megacan, top Berlin broadcaster Joel Dulroy of Radio Spätkauf sips gingerly at a Bombay Dry while filling Conrad and Megan in on the subject of his ongoing podcast series, The Berlin Rent Freeze. It's an extraordinary accidental experiment in public planning that could either usher in a brave new society or destroy the market economy as we know it, or something in between. Everybody, this is Megan's Megacan. I'm Megan. I'm here with the lovely Conrad Werner and another special guest who we will introduce shortly. We are here in partnership with Ex Berliner, which brings you all the stuff that you need to know about uh, Berlin in English. And excitingly, this issue particularly is very relevant to what we're going to discuss today on the podcast because the March issue of Ex Berliner is the real estate issue. Yes. Hello. Tell us more, Conrad. How are you? I'm good. Like, obviously, if we plug X Berliner, it sounds like we're plugging something we have to plug anyway. But this issue, is... the real estate issue, is actually quite good. <laughs> I'm sure it is. I like it. No, it is very good. <laughs> like, it's very comprehensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it covers a lot of ish. All the things that you think about, worry about real estate... Uh, in Berlin, for example, Kit Kat Club closing, Griesmüller closing, Klärchen's yeah. Ballhaus, oh. all those things. That is oh. all covered in the, in the magazine. And then there's a lot of politics Klärchen. and nitty gritty that you can, that all the nuts and bolts are covered too. So, That's good. Yeah. In English. Because I'm never going to read and or understand it in no, German. No, it's definitely. Because there's, there's an interview with Christoph Trautfetter that I really liked all about the tax situation. That was really good. good. <laughs> It's all about I dark money. Might, do you, would you dark money? Yeah, it's all about you know how all the um, real estate in Berlin is kind of owned offshore in the Cayman Islands and all that stuff. Oh, and there's a really good interview about why that is the case, like why criminals basically use Berlin real estate, you know, to to launder all their money because because they can. Spoiler: the spoiler is they can. But so it's definitely <laughs> worth that why reading. Why all of us do anything? Yeah. No, I was just reading it now, and it is really worth reading. Okay, good. Because it's definitely something that people talk about a lot. Yes. Like, even on my bus ride over here, I'm, like, texting people because people have been kicked out of their flats and they've literally been having, like, flat nightmares for for years, it seems. So it's on people's minds. Yeah. And to that end, we've got an actual expert to talk about this. We are joined by the lovely Joel Dolroy. Hello, Joel. Good evening. Good evening. Thank you for having me on, Ben. You've been <laughs> you on, say that now. <laughs> you've been on uh, my podcast plenty of times, and yeah. finally I get repaid the favor. Yeah, see? Now yes. I'm here. Um, Joel wrote three of the articles in the current issue. Well done. And we will get on to talking about <laughs> well what done. you wrote about in some more detail. Yeah. But we should also say that Joel is the producer of Radio Spätkauf, which I'm sure a lot of people that are listening have heard before. It is another much more professional. Yeah. Um, Well, I feel bad because people should actually be listening to that. Not like news about Berlin with like some drunk Northern Irish woman. Yeah, well, I see this as a bit of a test for Joel because, you know, normally he has a script. Really? And he doesn't have alcohol. And now he's got no script and alcohol. And we'll see how if such an accomplished broadcaster can still get through 
Thank you very much. A half hour. That's very kind of you, Ben, to bring me on here to try and humiliate me. That's nice. That's wonderful. Well, we just, I think it's, you know, it's like, see, just, let's just see if, if he could, if he can maintain his accustomed level of professionalism. I'm sure he's going in to the be face fine. of a mega camp. If it's any consolation, we've set the bar relatively low. <laughs> okay, let's drink. I went to my favourite mega can emporium, uh, which is a weird spirit shop in the middle. It's like a little compound in the middle of Real near Neukölln Espan. If anyone is in the market for mega cans which obviously you should be. And they've got the best selection that I know of in Berlin. So, ones you can't get in other places. So, we have a Bacardi Cuba Libra. Great. Matte can. Gold matte can. (laughs) And if you know your mega cans, you know a matte can. Is that matte? Yeah. It's that matte finish. That means a classier mega. Captain Morgan White Rum Mojito. A slight Mm. step up from the Bacardi Mojito. Let's hope. I don't know. And instead of the usual Gordon's and Tonic, the cl- my favourite mega can, we do have the Bombay Dry and Tonic, which is also utterly delicious and comes with a picture of Queen Victoria's face. Yeah. Front and back. Slightly um, not very politically correct, is it? Having a picture of Queen Victoria on a can that says Bombay. Well, you know, I wasn't actually going to drink. I had decided before I came here because I'm not, I'm not that much of a big drinker. But now that Ben has <laughs> turned this into some kind of contest as to see whether I can hold my own while keeping up with you guys. This is the I'll, kind of reckless abandon in. we like also, on this show. I, I, there was an episode not, you know, last year where you mentioned having dental issues because of all the mega cans, which made me not really want to get into the game. I think but, it's fine. I think your teeth look very nice, by the way. Thank so, you. I can't Thank imagine you. it really was anything. Thank you. I do wonder if people were thinking because you can't see me. Obviously, if I had some kind of like Megan has beautiful rotten. teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell. You. I, I'll, I'll go with the the politically incorrect uh, Bombay. Oh, good. You will not regret this choice. I'll when they it, say Bombay I, dry, they really mean it is dry. Can I call it Mumbai dry and feel better about it. <laughs> yes, you can. Right. You can scratch out Queen Victoria's face. Right. What do you want? Well, I don't really want to sail with Captain Morgan again. I'm going to have to drink this fucking mojito on tight. <laughs> and I picked it up and I was like, you're going to end up drinking that, I will, I will have the old, the old bat, Ooh. the bat on the sticker of Bacardi. All right, I've got Cuba a man, he's got, he's got a barrel. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. This has got 10% alcohol. That's why they're called <laughs> mega cans. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it's only 330 mils. Yeah. That is oh. literally why they're called, why the term mega can was coined by our lovely friend, Lindsay. I assumed it was a big can. That's why I thought mm. like the, those double size yeah. cans. Yeah. A common I, mistake. I have learned something mistake. on this it podcast. Is. I have um, been informed. You've done your job. Shall we talk about real estate? Joel, why is the meat and deckle so revolutionary? The meat and deckle, which I prefer to call the rent freeze because it's more on brand with uh, what I'm producing. I've got, a pr- I've got a podcast called The Rent Free. It's revolutionary because it is probably the most far-reaching piece of legislation that Berlin has passed since the city was reunified. It affects the most number of people because 85% of Berliners are renters. So we're almost all affected by this. And I really can't think of uh, one single act of politics since the reunification that's had more impact than this. And uh, it is the first time that the city has substantially uh, interfered in the free market for rental property and actually said that they're going to put a real hard price on property, not like the one that we've had before, which was 
not enforced and not punishable if you didn't actually stick to it. And this time, it's serious. I mean, they're threatening fines of half a million euros for landlords who, who try and cheat. Um, and it's got everyone terrified, outraged, excited. It's really quite a thrilling moment. And I'm really, um, as a journalist and, and a Berliner, I, I think it's a great time to be here. It, we don't know what's going to happen. Um, the law's up in the air. People don't know how it's going to work. People are promising that it's going to be the end of the city or the start of some new flourishing period. And um, I, I can't remember a time that's been quite as exciting as this in Berlin politics and city life in general. But other cities have rent control, don't they? They do. So, And Berlin used to have a kind of rent control. Uh, New York has rent control, Barcelona, a lot of Spain. What is special about Berlin's one that is new? What I think is special about it is, firstly, that it affects so many people. They're, okay, so I, this is, I, have, I haven't done my research, but I would doubt that any of the other cities that have these rent controls have quite as high percentage of renters as Berlin does. 85% is really probably one of the highest in the world in terms of the percentage of renters, which means it affects the majority of the people in the city. So, for example, in Stockholm and in, in, in Sweden, they also have a rent control. Um, but the percentage of people who rent is much smaller. It's like around the 20, 30% mark. And so it affects less people. More people are into home ownership. So the fact that it's so wide, widely impacting is one difference. Um, and also because it is so serious as well. They're really putting these, these punishments on top of it, these half a million fines. Um, and it really has the potential to sort of remake the relationship of the citizens in the city in a way that um, we've never seen here before. And in other places, the rent caps only apply to certain buildings. Okay, so that's true here as well. But they apply to less buildings in other cities. Um, and they've been around long enough that their effects have started to wear off. Whereas here, it's just starting. The effects are going to be really big and... Um, we, we don't even know what they're going to be. It's, it's, it's a, a complete um, guessing game as to how this is all going to play out. Now, I'm excited. Right. I never yeah. get to be excited. Well, I do. But you, Sometimes. Um, but usually the news is sad. But this is great. Well, one thing that you can do is um, have your rent lowered under certain circumstances. I read that one in I six know. Berliners could have their rent lowered. Isn't that right, Joel? That is right, according to the best estimates that the city government can make, because they actually don't know how many people are going to be affected by this rent cap, because there's no official register of everybody's rents yeah. or the conditions in which people pay. So they've just they're estimating that price, that that amount of um, impact, but it could be more. Um, and the real question though is like how they're actually going to pull this off, because they've written this law and they're just hoping it works, but it has to be tested in court has to be tested in reality. Um, people don't know how to act. So the landlords themselves don't know how to react to this. Landlords have been told that they have to stick to certain rent prices, that they may have to lower rents, um, but they are also banking on this whole law being thrown out by a court. So they don't want to commit to lowering people's rents. They don't uh, want... They also, so there's, yeah, basically there's good and bad landlords, of course. You know, Ones who are just trying to make lots of money, and then there's ones who... Uh, just trying to get by. But in both cases, they don't know what to do um, and they don't want to commit themselves to handing over to tenants 
this rent reduction that you were talking about because in a couple of years or months uh, a court could kind of suddenly overturn it and then um, they've lowered their rent unnecessarily and the rent you know they, they so they're basically trying to find a way to tell tenants that they accept that under this new law they may have may be eligible for a, a rent reduction but they reserve the right to put the rent back up if the law somehow falls in in front of a court yeah and you you went to a meeting full of angry people, didn't you? Angry, scared, nervous landlords who were all um, there to hear what was going to happen and how it was all going to work. And there was a panel of speakers who told them, well, firstly, they, they, they heard the bad news. The rent is going to be frozen. Um, you face fines. You can't charge more than €9.80 a square meter thereabouts. Uh, per, for for uh, a flat and that's about half as much as flats are being advertised for now news flats um, and that they can't charge for extra things like furniture that's gone that's not a, that's not an exception anymore uh, short-term renting not an exception uh, you can't even uh, like uh, untermeter so sub sub leases uh, are covered so if you are the helped meter the head, the head tenant of a verge you are basically a landlord and you also susceptible to being fined if you overcharge your subtenants. So there's a dodgy uh, VG, um, yeah dads who've been basically living off their, their, their sublease, sublease letters for years and now they're, um, they're up, for, up for punishment. Is, uh... So yeah, the landlords were um, all trying to figure out how they're going to get around this and they were trying to talk about all the loopholes that they could hopefully find. Um, and they were saying some really uh, things things that you know that that evil landlords think, but terrible to hear them say it you out loud. You can't believe someone's saying it in a public room of people. Right. So, for example, they said, don't rent to old Germans because old Germans are troublemakers. Rent well, to... because they understand the, the laws. And not only that, but they, yeah. want, they like to be right and they like to prove that they're right. And they've just been given this huge opportunity to prove that they're right and to take you down. <laughs> Proving that they just <laughs> proving that they're right, what getting you to conform to the letter of the law? Right, exactly. Wow. And uh, they said only rent to foreigners who don't know about their rights and uh, won't maybe won't even stick around long enough to try and pursue them. Mm-hmm. So you could overcharge them, and they'll probably be gone by the time that their case gets to court. Ah. They also said they don't believe that the um, the courts will be able to cope with all of this um, of, of these legal challenges because every time. Uh, a tenant tries to enforce their rights against the landlord and if there's there's ever a legal case that comes out of that it'll end up in the courts the courts are already really overstaffed and it takes already six months or even longer to get to court it can take years for a process to wrap up and now there's going to be tens of thousands more cases going through the the Berlin courts and so the landlords said some of them said um, go ahead do what you like don't worry about the law because they won't be able to catch up with you anyway but is that for people who are already in rental agreements that are too that are charging too much, or so presumably now you're like a new contract, they have to stick to that nine eighty per square meter. Well, here's the beautiful thing about the law: you can sign a contract for more and then turn around and go, "Aha, this is dodgy. I'm going to lower the rent because I'm allowed to." So, if you see a flat advertised in the middle of Mitte for twenty five euros a square meter. Go ahead. Have at it. Move in. We'll try and get the contract first. You won't get it if you're an old German. But play the dumb foreigner. 
move in and then the very next day turn around and go i am informed about my rights because i have been paying i've been reading the ex-berliner march (laughs) issue (laughs) with a fantastic feature by joel dolroy guy and yeah you can actually um you can lower rents on on dodgy contracts uh and then you can even go further and report the dodgy landlord to the city government and have them eligible for a fine (laughs) so there's a real danger for landlords who uh think they can get away with with offering contracts to to people or uh, through uh, like Facebook, you know, there's, there was this whole talk about we could just put our ads on Facebook and no one will see them, and then we'll get these people and we'll just have like a handshake deal. Well, you could have a handshake deal, and maybe you will find a foreigner who doesn't care about paying more. You know, they want a flat; mm. they'll just be happy to come here and move in and just whatever, take my thousand euros a month, and I'm I'm fine. But should your relationship with that tenant ever turn even slightly sour, they could turn around and report you and you're up for half a million euros in fines. So you're you're kind of playing with fire by even offering the contract to to somebody mm. at a lower rate. And yeah. But one of the arguments that often these uh, the, the landlords associations say is that a, a lot of Berlin is owned by small landlords, like people who've only got one flat or two flats. And, um, you know, like they're little old grannies and they're really nice, really. And it's really going to hurt them more than the big landlords. What do you think about that? Well, I've got two things I think about that. One is that, well, the city government would say that they have actually inserted a clause into the law called the hardship clause, by which people who are losing substantially because of this can go and apply to continue charging the old rent. Now, this is going to be a bureaucratic process. It's going to be run through the Investitionsbank Berlin. They're going to have to fill out paperwork and they'll have to meet certain criteria. They can't be making a profit off their um, mortgage or off their off their rental property. Um, and they can't have taken out a loan above reasonable rates. So there are a lot of people who won't apply for this, who won't, who won't be able to get this money. But some uh, will be able to get this this hardship clause and will be allowed to continue charging the old rents. So that's the city's solution for this for this problem about the the, the old lady who owns an extra flat and basically lives off it for a pension. The hardship law. Now for the others, you know, I don't. It, this city has for years we've seen landlords put up the rent to the maximum amount possible and even then some, with no real justification because the. Wages in the city haven't been going up commensurably. So rents have been rising far more than wages. And I, there's a real moral question here. How do you determine how much rent should be paid? And can you just continue increasing it indefinitely just because you're allowed to or should you? And I, I mean, I'm of the mind that, no, you shouldn't be able just to keep putting up the rent just because you can. It should fit into a broader picture of what people can afford and how much they're getting paid. But we've had a lot of landlords in this city for a long time taking advantage, putting up the rents just because they can, um, feeling entitled to it. And for years, it's been the tenants who have been suffering and specifically old tenants. So this hasn't really been, you wouldn't notice this if you're a new Berliner who's just moved here, you're working for some startup or something like that. You've got a good job, you can afford the rent, no problem. Yes, you might have a good deal. You might even think the rent's ridiculously cheap. You might have one of these old contracts, you know, where you're paying next to nothing. Good for you. But there are a lot of old Berliners who can't afford to pay more and have been living in fear that they might somehow get tricked out of their flat because they know if they have to find a new flat, they'll never be able to afford Mm -hmm. whatever is out there if they can find anything at all. So the real issue is um, taking the fear away for those old Berliners that they won't 
face pressure to leave, to leave their flats and that they'll, if they have to for whatever reason, the new flat they will be able to find will be of a similar price to what they're already paying. So the, the angst that the landlords are feeling, and yes, some will lose out, but it's just a reversal of the current situation in which tenants have been feeling that kind of fear for years. And finally, something's been done about it. And there's much, there's many more tenants than there are landlords. So I think it's only fair. Does it go far enough, though? Because we've because this all started because of Deutsche Wohnen and und Co. Enteignen, that grassroots movement. Have you heard of them, Megan? Yeah, you told me about them. Did I? And I learned that Enteignen means, oh God, the opposite of privatize. Expropriate. That's not a word we use in English. No. The right, opposite anyway. of privatize to make public. Communalize. No. They want any landlord with more than three thousand flats to have to hand over those flats at below market rates they want right. to be able to buy them from the from the owners that who are stock listed companies usually at market rates at below market rates well the, the city who... government owns six public housing companies and uh, right. i don't know why they have six but this is like a hangover from the old days of west uh, west berlin and east berlin and they all merged up and so the six public housing companies who are all currently trying to expand their portfolios by building and buying up flats off the market so you ask me does this go far enough i think think this whole exercise the emergence of the 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 rent freeze the meat and deckel is a, a really salient lesson in how to get politics done because for years we've had people saying that there's been a problem with the berlin rents the prices are going up too fast people can't afford it we don't want to turn into london we don't want to turn into paris but nothing was really being done the federal government introduced this um the this this meet and meet and bremse rent break which was this very weak piece of legislation that was meant to slow things down but it didn't have any penalties attached so landlords could ignore it and not get punished when they got caught caught out uh, so they were basically incentivized to ignore it and to try and put up the rents more than they were allowed to and that happened for years because we've had at the federal level uh, a coalition between uh, SPD and CDU. And those two parties uh, mostly represent the kind of middle and upper class people who are landlords, essentially. And because they've had no incentive at all to do anything serious, then they haven't been doing anything serious. They made this law with all these holes in it because they didn't have any reason to actually make it watertight. So then along comes this community group, Deutsche Wohnen und Eignen, not political or not affiliated to any particular political party. They get all these signatures for this referendum call, freak the hell out of the mainstream parties who have to who suddenly realize that this might actually work, that this Eignung thing might actually get to a referendum and they might actually win. And then we've got, you know, communism running riot. So they had to come up with a moderation. And within the, the SP, SPD, this idea came floating out. Um, and then it sort of happened by accident but the main takeaway i think about that is that you have to demand a revolution to get a moderation so what we're having now this meat rent freeze is actually a moderation compared to what those campaigners wanted they wanted like seizing the prop the property and putting it in some form of public hands yeah Mm. And they got a lot of support. They got a lot. Everyone was into it. Like, well, not everyone, but they, they was, there was a poll saying at some point showing that the majority of Berliners would have supported it. I think that's gone down a little bit now because the rent freeze has happened and people mm-hmm. see that there is another way that maybe we could control this. Right. So um, you have to demand an extreme to get 
even just a moderation because if you just keep asking for like just a little change here please oh please can we just have a tiny little can you like just actually enforce the law that you've got there no oh okay sorry that's not that's not how politics works you got to say give us the whole city or and then then they'll then they'll throw their hands up and go okay we'll give you a rent rent freeze is that all right so does it go far enough uh, I think what we will end up with, and I think actually what we will have, will I think what we have now will actually get watered down a little bit by the courts. Hmm. There will be some legal challenges. Um, the courts may be allowed to amend it in part or in whole. I think the coalition partners in Berlin will realize that there's some mistakes and they'll have to make some amendments. So I think within a year, the rent freeze will look very different to what we have now, but it will still be an improvement on what we had a year ago. And we wouldn't have had any change at all had it not been for this group Deutsche Wohnung and Eignung um, coming up with this crazy proposal that people actually yeah. really liked. But um, you mentioned that the SPD came up with the idea of the rent freeze, but it was the Linker housing ministry that actually had to implement it. What happened there, Joel? I'm glad you asked, Ben. <laughs> Since this is the topic of one of the articles that I wrote for <laughs> the beloved magazine, which we've plugged enough on this show. Um <laughs> I was talking to people inside the the city government system, the the, the Senate, which is the yeah. basically the the, the the cabinet that runs Berlin city state. Berlin is a city state parliament. It's both a city and a state. Has its own little parliament, and the in charge of the parliament is the Senate, which the ministers. Um, so the man in charge of the city normally nominally his name is Michel Müller. He is the mayor of the city. Yeah. But he is not in charge of the city, nor is he in charge of politics. In fact, uh, he is um, a bit of a lame duck leader. Um, and so within the SPD, there came this proposal to to create the meet and decal. And it didn't come from even the Berlin SPD. It came from the federal SPD, a member sitting in, in the Bundestag named Eva Hergel, who read an article in an obscure uh, legal magazine that suggested that the city might have the right to intervene and regulate rental prices. Now, she, together with some people, uh, with some lawyers, wrote this policy idea saying, why don't we try this meet and decal? Uh, a few weeks later, there was a conference, and the SPD party conference, where this idea was proposed as a policy that the party should take up. And by complete surprise, the majority of members at that meeting voted for it against the wishes of the mayor, Michel Müller, who's very much against this idea. Michel Müller has been around in Berlin politics for years. He used to be the housing minister. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, uh, he knows all the developers. He's been around for years. He's, he's, mm-hmm. uh, he was part of the old way of doing things, which wasn't very effective. He was against the idea from the start. So his party, however, forced it upon him and made him make it the party's policy. So then... He had to go back to his coalition partners, Die Linke and Die Grünen, who run Berlin together, all together with the SPD. Um, and he had to take this idea and say, uh, this is our party's policy. What do you guys think of it? They loved it. They said, okay, we're going to do this. <laughs> so he said, crap. He was hoping one of them would say no. <laughs> so then he came up with another way of trying to kill this off, which was to hand the responsibility of it over to the housing minister who currently is from Die Linke. So a different party, but they're, they're in coalition together. Mm-hmm. Now, the housing minister's name is Katrin Lompscher. And she's a very interesting character in herself. Um, but uh, basically, the mayor said to, to the housing minister from, from the other party, you deal with this, thinking that 
she couldn't do it because it's such a huge legal challenge to write this kind of law. It's like it's a massive piece of work. There's many hurdles along the way. But basically, he, he said to her, you go do this alone. She turned around and said, uh, I think it would be better if all the parties got together and did this collectively, if we had a coalition uh, working party that would, would figure this out. And uh, Michelle Muller's office said, no, it's you alone. Um, and so she, uh, she did it. But against all odds, she did it. And also against a lot of leaking from within the city government, uh, from within what was essentially um, Michel Muller's office. So this is an allegation from some people inside Die Linke. They say that the city, that the mayor tried to undermine this the whole time by sending out leaks to the local press. There was a really big leak. That's bad. Well, it's bad if you... um, Yeah. There were quite a lot of negative articles about all this in the Tagesspiegel. Not the, the just, saying, just saying. The Tagesspiegel hates the rent and freeze. The Tagesspiegel is the newspaper of the of the of the of the middle upper class. That's for sure. I, I, if you if you want to get a, a different perspective, read the Berliner Zeitung. They're quite on board with all of it. Uh, but yeah, the Tagesspiegel hated it. They were leaks constantly the whole last year of how bad you know this is all going to be and all the holes that are coming forward. But um, the fact that we have the rent freeze at all is a complete miracle. It wasn't some grand political project it wasn't part of a party's manifesto it wasn't um championed by anybody it came up almost out of nowhere as a response to this extreme idea that came out of this um this this uh this is an eigen idea it got fumbled along from the federal spd to the state spd state spd to the linker party then got leaked upon but the fact that we've got here at all is just amazing and it's um it I, I didn't. I didn't see it coming. I've been watching Berlin politics for over a decade, and I didn't see anything like this happening. I've, I'd kind of given up. I thought that we were all just going the way of neoliberalism. That there's no way back. That there's no. There is no alternative, and we might as well just um, buckle up and get ready for it. And suddenly, out of the blue, we have this idea that that you know we can control what used to be a free market. That there's no yeah. reason that we can just we just have to accept whatever the market throws at us that we can actually intervene and it's it's refreshing it's exciting well it's because of it's also because of berlin's unique referendum legacy uh, legislation isn't it that the the enteignung idea got so far well the, the fact that you could if you get a hundred thousand uh, signatures for one idea they have to start talking about it and they have to do something about it since that you is mentioned quite that i've literally just been thinking like what else can we do <laughs> yeah I can yeah. get a hundred thousand. What, what? What can we do? What can we get a hundred thousand signatures on? Yeah, yeah that's like that cool. is that means that you can't just like le- legislate over the heads of the people so easily. I think I'm like very excited. I'm like half drunk on a shit mojito <laughs> and like excited about Berlin and a left. It's like May the first. What do you want to hear? Excited. Do you want to hear about all the things that could go wrong with this? Uh, I suppose we better. <laughs> all right. <sighs> Should or did you have another? Do you want to? Do you want to ask me something else? No, you go ahead. Go for it. I was, you're gonna that, go for are they the, gonna? Yeah. This whole thing could get thrown out by courts. Yes, it's going right. to go all the way to the constitutional court in two or three different cases or two or three different forms because there's no way the landlords are taking this lying down. So they're going to challenge as much as they can. Um, and the basic argument is that they say that the city doesn't have the right to make these kind of laws, that it's actually only the federal government that can control rents. But 
basically, each side of this has got lots of lawyers who've said, no, we're right, we're right. So it'll be fought out in court. The courts could decide to accept it, reject it, or moderate, or demand some, some, kind, of, um, some kind of changes. Um, so that's one thing that could go wrong. And if the courts do reject it, there's a problem because if you were one of these people who've been entitled to a rent reduction under mm-hmm. the law and you've stopped paying that rent, that extra rent, and then the law's thrown out, it could be argued that you've breached your lease because you're no longer paying the amount that you've agreed to. And then the landlord could turn around and try and throw you out. So it's basically dangerous for tenants to actually lower their rent to what they think they're entitled to um, before this case has gone through the courts. And some lawyers are recommending that you should um, basically keep paying your old amount until the, the, the courts have decided. Right. Which could take a year, it could take two so years. So like you could even start the, like, the legal process but keep paying until everything is... Right. And then try and get your money back because otherwise you could be in breach. So that's one, that's one big legal issue. Another legal issue uh, is that the city, by declaring its right to control housing policy, is sort of effectively saying that the federal housing law doesn't apply, but it's the federal housing law that um, is... Uh, actually, that's getting a bit too into the weeds. There's many legal challenges that could come up <laughs> okay. here. But in the meantime, it's in force now. It's in force now. Since this week, right? Yeah. February 23rd. Exactly. How exciting. And that means that you can, as a, if you're a tenant in Berlin, you can check to see if you can have your rent lowered. Right. How do you go about doing that? It's based on the age of your building. Uh, every every couple of decades is a different age of the building and it goes up and down because of well, various factors. Uh, and also whether your apartment has certain features, um, like Sammelheizung. Uh, How do you even call What do you call it? Sammelheizung. Corrective oh. heating system. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't even know if I have that. Is that, is that. is that what I'm looking at here? Do you have one of these? Yeah, I think so. That, okay. I think it means that the whole house is heated by one system. Yeah, which is... As opposed to what, coal heating? I don't no, understand. No, so I have my As opposed to heating having a... in my actual house. I have my yeah. own boiler. Right. Which is currently broken for three weeks, Achelius. I am coming for you. Oh, they're in trouble. They are <laughs> oh. in trouble. The amount of rent reductions they're going to have to pay out. <laughs> Deutsche Von, is a big, they're in big trouble. Their share price has totally dipped as a result yeah. of this. They are, they don't, they're freaking out. They're, they're in real estate investment companies. They have, and that's the other thing to keep in mind here, though. They they gambled and now they're losing. So yeah. don't we shouldn't feel sorry for them. If I you invest, feel less sorry for, for, for on the scale of people. I feel sorry. For, yeah, especially since there's this been idea that people that people have had that you that for some reason they should be somehow like morally allowed just to make money off real estate indefinitely, as if it's somehow like a magic thing that is untouchable by any other force of... Yeah, <laughs> like the the houses are fucking built now. Right. Just yet yeah, someone's got to live in them. Like it doesn't mean you can... Just because the houses exist means you can just just make money off them. Just the use them time. like a cash machine. Yeah. Constantly pull money out of... Like, you didn't build them. Exactly. They're just there. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's... Yeah, I used to have a very lovely private landlord who lived in the back. And my rent is slightly over. So some other things yeah. that could happen here is right. those landlords, like your lovely landlord, Megan. Oh, he sold to Achelius, so. Oh. <laughs> That's open, open so season now around mine. My but, frigid uh, flat on, like, the website to find. But, 
I was just rambling. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, I just want to know, like, are there any websites you can go to? Like, what, like, if you're an English speaker, you don't speak very good German. How can you find out if your rent is too high? Uh, I I don't know of any specific website, but the table oh. that for the meet and decal <laughs> table is very widely published a lot. I mean, oh. if you search meet and decal rent rent cap table, it's a it's a specific table. Okay. It's only got about ten lines, and it's not too complicated. You just have to know yeah. the age of your building. And Learned if you don't know the age German. of your building, your landlord is in is actually obliged to send you a letter in the next couple of weeks telling you all the details about your building. So by wow. the end of April, nice. you should get a letter saying how old your building is, whether it's got all these heating factors. And then you can look up the rate that you're supposed to pay. And okay. then by November, if you're paying too much, in November is the key date when the rents can be lowered. Right. Um, yeah. But the, so some other things that could, that, that could go wrong. So you could, <laughs> you could be in breach of your contract if you actually act on it until it's all sorted out. Um, landlords say that they're going to start um, to stop renting out flats because they don't want to make money. They don't want to lose money. So some landlords at this meeting I went to said they're basically going to leave their flats empty because they prefer that to renting at a loss, um, which doesn't make much sense to me. And also, you're not allowed to leave a flat empty for more than three months because then you... Ha! But... So their solution to that yeah, was Yeah, the to, one above me, I think, is empty because I think they want to get us all out and then renovate. Report them, man. Three months, they're not allowed to. Oh, that's... Oh, when did she move out? <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. What, what else? They, uh, so the landlords are also saying that they will stop, um, that they'll basically start grey market renting. They'll just rent off the books uh, at, at higher prices to, to stupid foreigners. Um, and then a lot of uh, landlords say they're going to move into their flats. So they own the flats and they have the right to evict the person living there if they move in themselves this is called eigenbedarf own mm. use and it's a little loophole that is being used more and more now landlords will say oh i need to move in or my child needs to move in they'll kick the tenant out and then they won't actually move in they'll just rent it out to somebody else because nobody's been policing it uh, there's no way to police this effectively uh, so there's been a lot of this eigenbedarf fraud but it might actually be that some people genuinely genuinely will move into their own flats and then we'll get less uh, rental property available um, or they'll try and sell their flats is another thing if, they, if they're really worried they're going to lose that much money they'll sell their flats the people likely to buy them are people who can't find a flat to rent but can afford to get a mortgage and then so that flat will go from being a rental flat to being an owner-occupier flat and we might have the effect that we saw in Margaret Thatcher's Britain where they oh, privatized God. all the uh, council flats and they basically turned a whole class of um, mm -hmm. of citizens from from renters into house owners and thereby secured the conservative hold over the country for another couple of decades. So there is a good Brexit. chance that the percentage was... of renting in Berlin might actually decrease as a result of this and they will get more owner occupiers right. and that would change to some extent the political makeup of the city in a way that probably Die Linke wouldn't like and maybe this is not an outcome they hope to have so these are all the things that are possible as a result so Thatcher <laughs> so now you're not looking so thrilled over there Megan no no I was all excited this always happens and I'm always like Drunk, bit depressed. <laughs> but no, I do plan. also have hope because everyone, you know, listen to this, reading, we are those stupid foreigners. <laughs> Don't let people rent you flats at ridiculous prices. Exactly. Or sorry, let them rent it to you at ridiculous price, sign that contract, and then take the thing. Yeah. Anyway, I'm it's a... Uh, 
Uh, Joel, is there a podcast that we can listen to where we're to find out more about this? If only, if only. <laughs> Rent Freeze, the podcast coming to you from Radio Spekelf. We are producing a running series only and all about the Rent Freeze because yeah. I'm obsessed by it. Yeah, you and, are. And uh, it's, it's only just started. <laughs> don't talk about anything else. <laughs> it's only just started. It's going to keep It's going to keep going. There'll be stories on the ender. And so... Um, we, me and my colleagues will be digging deep into them. Red, red freeze. I don't know. Google First it. episode is already out, isn't it? Yeah. It's First really episode's good. out. I've got to go home tomorrow and edit the second episode and put that out. Okay. Brilliant. Joel, it's been amazing having you on. Thank you so it, much. I'm happy I could so finally this... return the favor because Ben comes so often on my podcast and now I can. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to come. But not, not as, not as lucid as that. Without and, a script. Uh, without a script. And that he, was really good. Didn't... You put us to shame. Just stop <laughs> listening to this. Listen to Radio Spekhalf. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't, to be fair, he didn't drink very much of his mega cam. Yeah, to be he... fair, we should, like, <laughs> this say. is why I sometimes wish they were clear. Your, your verdict on the mega cam? Oh, uh, well, yeah, it's all right. We're never going to get this sponsorship deal. <laughs> no, we're not. Mine is. We need people to really love mega cans. Just go like it. I love amazing. them, but it's a borderline abusive relationship. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> Thanks for being on. Yes, thank you very much. That was brilliant. Do you want to say goodbye, Megan? Goodbye, everybody. Have a good weekend. Bye. Bye. <laughs> you say goodbye as well, Joel. Oh, bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.